Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This episode number 20. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. And we're a couple getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's media and pop culture blind spots and sharing the must-see movies and guilty pleasures from our pasts. Yes. Each week, one of us chooses to expose the other one to a strange and unusual and uh, sometimes meaningful movie or television show from their past that the other person has never seen before. Who are these people? These people are us. Yes. It's true. (laughs) So, um, nice daiquiri, by the way. Thank you. Okay. So, what's on the agenda this time? Uh, So, you chose, this is Dave's pick, Baghdad Cafe from 1987, which I did not see because I was six years old when it came out. (laughs) There were a lot of people who didn't see this movie when it came out, whether or not they were six years old. That's true. You know, it's totally the kind of movie that my dad would have taken me to if I'd been a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, he liked to take me to like sort of odd off-ball kind of movies like this. Off-ball is not a word. So thumbnail sketch first or why did I choose it? What, what uh, you... Let's do thumbnail sketch, I guess. So it's uh, basically, I just read this. I read this. It's based loosely based on Ballad of the Sad Cafe by Carson McCullough. I will neither confirm nor deny because I actually don't think I've ever... I haven't read it either. I so think I, I started know. it and never read it, but I didn't actually know that connection until just now. Uh, but it's a cafe in the middle of the Mojave, sort of a cafe. I, I don't remember ever seeing them serve food. and They, they, they serve food. They didn't have coffee very often, apparently, because, you know. <laughs> uh, and they're visited by a, a German tourist who just shows up on their doorstep. Yasmin. Yes. After being tossed out of her car by, I think, her husband. I'm yes, not sure. Yes, it's her husband. They have a terrible argument uh, in German mm-hmm. in the middle of the Mojave Desert. Yes. Just down the road from uh, the Baghdad Cafe and motel that looks like nobody stayed in for mm-hmm. years. Like Yeah, since like 1967 or something like that. A woman named Brenda, uh, played by CCH Pounder, runs the cafe and the restaurant and mm-hmm. the gas station. And she has kids. She tosses her husband yeah, out as the movie begins. Does. She has two kids, two teenage kids, right? You've got yes. a boy who spends all day practicing Bach preludes mm-hmm. on the piano in the cafe. You've got a teenage daughter who runs around, runs off with yeah. truck drivers and mm-hmm. maybe goes to school, maybe goes to whatever. I, we don't really know. Yeah. And, and um, she has a couple other people who live on her property. She has a, a waiter. That works for her. And Na- Native American waiter. Waiter. Who works and for then her. an older guy. Jack Palance, the wonderful Jack Palance, plays sort of a <laughs> elder hippie, yeah. former Hollywood set painter, now painter painter, living in the desert at Brenda's place. Um, and you've got the weird tattoo artist. Yes, that's right. Anyway, it's all this, this set piece and scene for um, these two women meeting each other. Yasmin, the German woman without a future. You know, yeah. dropped in the desert on a, on her tourist visa, no place to stay, takes a room, and how they affect each other's lives and uh, how we get to know the colorful characters who live there yeah. and all that transpires in this relationship. So why did you choose this? That is a good question. Um, a number of reasons. So let me... T- I think sometimes I choose movies because... It's not just strictly nostalgia, but there's a whole thing that it represents or that it's a part of in my life. And so I I saw this, I would have been 16 years old when it came Mm -hmm. out. I saw it with my sister in the movie theater. Um, This was 
a time in my life where for this, that, and the other reason, um, my mom was no longer my guardian. I moved in my, with my older sister and we lived together in um, a great little apartment in the Castro district district in San Francisco, just down the street from the Castro theater. I can't remember if I've talked about this on the show before, but it was also like the first like really fertile period of my like getting out and exploring all different kinds of movies and wanting to be a filmmaker and all that. So there's that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what I connect to this nostalgically is seeing offbeat, quirky, unusual um, indie films with my sister um, in that time. She's nine years older than me, but we like we're movie buddies. And um, and then you take the fact that this movie takes place in the Mojave Desert. And there's this whole other connection with my dad who passed away when I was 13, just a couple years before this. And my dad um, worked in the desert several weeks of the year. He was a real estate broker out in the Mojave Desert. So the, this kind of scenario of the like town in the middle of nowhere and the sleepy feel of it and um, the, the, the spectacular sunset at the end of the day and the sound of the highway and um, these, these sort of odd people hanging around. Like, I feel like my dad took me to places like that sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I remember staying in weird motels and I remember the weird truck stop kind of diner sort of thing. So there's something about that. Um, and it's just a, the kind of quiet, quirky movie that's really just about, hey, spend a couple hours in Baghdad Cafe with these people that we don't have as much of anymore. Mm. There's not a whole lot else going on really in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, and and I know, and, and I just had to go for obscurity value. I mean, this was actually did pretty well at the time. Like a lot of people saw this, it, you know, it was reviewed well. It, it won, not like Oscars or anything, but I think it did well at the French César Awards. And it was on the map, mm. you know, of like kind of sleeper, but, uh, you know, hit indie movies of the year. Weirdly, I remember that there was a sitcom spinoff of this a couple of years after this with uh, Geraldine Stapleton or no, what's her name? Jean Stapleton, the Mm. woman, you know, who played um, Bunker. Mm. What's her name? Archie Bunker. Edith Bunker on the All in the Family. Uh Uh-huh. She played the Marianne. She played played the the part, the the Marianne Sagebracht. I don't know how to say her name. The German woman. She played that part. Um, Whoopi Goldberg played Brenda. There was a sitcom mm-hmm. version of this. It lasted one season. But anyway, so it was enough on the radar that they did that they tried to do something with. But there's something about I haven't gone back to this movie since that time. Yeah. And I probably saw it on home video once or twice in that immediate year or so after when I was kind of trying to like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> keep these movies that were yeah. unusual. Um so it, it there there's definitely a nostalgic aspect to it, and also like I just want to throw something at you that you would never ever 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 stumble upon on your own. Pro- yeah, probably not. <laughs> so <laughs> that was really long. I'm sorry about that, but that's kind of the history yeah. of. And then I saw it one day when we were browsing at Half Price Books, and I was like, I can't believe this is here. Oh, I'd like to see that again. I took a snapshot on my phone of the cover and texted my sister and said, look what I found. She's yeah. like, oh, cool. <laughs> so she remembered it. I, it's, it's just, I think there's like a whole, like, it doesn't come up very often, but I think we've done two of them. This would be the second one of the sort of like small town kind of genre. So this of. fits into the local yeah, hero kind yeah, exactly. of category. Yeah, Small sleeper, small town movie, colorful characters. 
Reminds me of Waitress in a way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Uh, what, you know, interestingly, I was, when <clears throat> I first looked this up, it's, well, actually, what I noticed, you know, we're watching the credits yeah. come by, and um, the director is, his last name is Adlon, which is not a, a name that is very common, but I also know it's the name of um, an actress, Pamela Adlon, who's a com- comedian who I enjoy. And um, so I looked this up, and he is actually the father of her ex-husband, and that's where the Adlon comes from. That is very bizarre, (laughs) because I was just about to set you straight and say there's absolutely no connection, (laughs) because Percy Adlon is like this German film director who decided to make a... So his son married Pamela, and so she kept the name, I guess. Probably around the the time that he was in the States filming this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's been mid-80s or whatever. Um, He... I don't know any other film he's done. I looked him up and I didn't recognize anything else he's done. He's probably better known in in Germany, but he was he came out he was around the time of, you know, when Wim Wenders and Herzog and the new German cinema and stuff was kind of going on. He decided to it come to America. It does have a very Wim Wenders kind of feel. Well, I mean, I mean, and I haven't seen all of Paris, Texas, but No, when we will do I yeah. promise all y'all <laughs> that, that we'll do Paris, Texas. But somehow we got to this movie first, but we're definitely going to do Paris, Texas Just the first point. 20 minutes of that that I saw had the sort of same... So, you know, they have the scene in the, in the old, like, West Texas motel, you know, that's like mm-hmm. these low motels that everybody built in the 60s. You know, they went up cheap when everybody was optimistic that, <clears throat> you know, we're moving west and we're going to live in the desert. Yeah. I mean, that's when this this motel and this cafe were built, when that sort of like, you know, optimism that the California desert was going to be the next great place that everybody was going to move And that's why to. my dad had a yeah. connection to the Mojave Desert, <laughs> yeah. is because his folks like bought up a whole bunch of land back there when they were going to build like New York City in the West, Yeah, you know, and their developer came out and convinced everybody to buy up lots and they were going to build this great metropolis and they built, uh, they, they built a city yeah, from scratch, laid out all the grid and everything, built a, built a park command, you know, <laughs> like pumped in the like water and there's a park called Central Park. Um, California city actually is a quite a large yeah. populated city now at this point, but most of that development never happened, yeah. you know? So yes, I still own some vacant land out there from from these times, but it's it's I remember being driven up and down those highways, and you know we our our spring break vacation or a week of our summer vacation would be going to stay at the house in in California City down the road from Mojave, California. So this is all really familiar to me, and um, those desert movies like Paris, Texas, yeah. and this have some kind of. Well, I feel like it's, it's in my so bones. It's so interesting. Yeah, well, I love that sort of road travel. So, I mean, it takes me back to when I've... I, I mean, I lived in Cal- I lived in Riverside, California for about a year um, after grad school um, when I was trying to figure everything out. And I remember when we moved out there, we came out the Interstate 10, which, I mean, like in, back in the day, it would have been... 66 would have been the route that you take, like yeah. through San Bernardino and that sort of thing. But 10 is sort of like... I mean, and 10 is the reason why so many of those like Mojave towns dried up because they built the big interstate that everybody takes and all those little routes that people used to take. It just like killed all those little businesses like the Baghdad Cafe. So like only a few people who just happened to going up through like Bakersfield or something Mm -hmm. like that would actually go through these towns, you know, anymore. Um, 
But I remember like trying to catch, we were trying to get down into Riverside and we like took these weird back roads through, I don't know where we were exactly, but like it's, it's like that. It's like flat and dry and desert and, and like there's all this like, not urban decay, but like rural decay, but of a time when, you know, this place was bustling and booming and there was business opportunities happening and all of this stuff like that. And then you end up with a lot of these sort of like run down gas station slash cafe slash um, things. And you need them because like somebody needs to get gas somewhere. Somebody needs to stay somewhere, you know, when you're caught on these little routes. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, distinctly, I think distinctly American Mm -hmm. thing anyway. Yeah. I don't know why quite I got off. I don't know. That's that's cool. So the movie brings up a lot, (laughs) Yeah, but let's come back to the movie. Yeah. (laughs) So the heart of the movie is I think this relationship between Yasmin and Brenda and how they affect each other. Yeah. So let's talk Brenda, first of all, this character. So she's, I mean, I think they're just barely skating by, you know, like. Do you think they're just kind of stuck with this situation? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm <laughs> Go, curi- day to day. I'm curious you know? how she ended up with this particular property. Maybe it was in the family or something like that. She clearly married this guy to help her out with things, and then he's not all that helpful. <laughs> no, he's absent-minded enough yeah. that he forgets to go pick up the the coffee, the broken yeah. coffee maker. Which is like town. the one thing, the one cafe, thing she asked him to do. That cafes need too yeah, yeah, yeah. is coffee. Right. You know, what, that's why they stop is to drink caffeine so that they can continue on their on their. So, for me, I forgot how shouty and abrasive. <laughs> Brenda is yeah and until like I was a few minutes into it and I was like oh wow I remember having trouble latching onto her because she's just shouting at everybody and angry about everything she's so fed up everybody's letting her down she feels like she's carrying the weight of the whole business the family she's got you know an unwed teenage son with a baby yeah like that everybody's kind of passing back it's another like local hero there's a baby random baby that gets passed back and forth a lot (laughs) well and at first it's unclear who who the baby yeah we think it's her youngest yeah but it's her sons (laughs) sal jr well which explains her you know a little bit removed from it because you know she's not you know in, in a grandparent sort of way not directly responsible for you know raising this child you know, because she's got a kid that's supposed to be raised. So her. you have this kind of mirror image thing where the, um, Yasmin, the German tourist lady, she gets thrown out of the car or fed up. It grabs mm. her suitcase and walks off away from the car and, and comes to back, walks up and takes a room at Baghdad Cafe. And then Brenda throws her no good husband out because yeah. she's just had it. So they're like at this time where... <laughs> it's time to move on it's time yeah to, it's t- they're at a crisis they're at a moment of where things change where they they're now going it alone but neither of them can really go it alone yeah well i guess the big the big moment in the first scene is that she grabs a suitcase but she grabs the wrong suitcase yeah, which is a problem because it's got random things like later hose and men's clothes. Well, it's clothes. got his clothing in it. And the yeah. magic set. And a magic set, yeah. Talk to me about the magic set. Well, that is, I mean, like, what little we find out about her husband, he doesn't seem like the type that would be into magic. So I don't know if they're, like, visiting some family. And So this is supposed to be down the road from Vegas. So I'm picturing they just went to some stupid tourist shop oh, or something and, okay. like, he got a magic set. 
okay. for some reason. I just thought maybe they brought it and we're going to give it to some niece or nephew or something like that <laughs> Probably. when they get to L.A. or something like that. But see, now we're going like super realistic into yeah. a kind of a um, <laughs> magical realist movie. That's that's true. Yeah. Um, so she, this stout German frau, walks through the desert until she finds... Um, and actually, her, I think her husband stops at the cafe before... He gets there before she does yeah. to gas up. And and somehow, <laughs> the, the, Sal, Brenda's husband brought back their coffee. They left the coffee, their coffee thermos on the highway during that altercation. And mm-hmm. he pulled up and found it. So there's this weird coincidence where he drives up and brings in the, the German tourist's coffee pot. And their own coffee pot is broken. He forgets to bring it back. They don't have coffee except for the magical coffee that's in yeah. this, um, the German urn. Which is funny because all the, ger- uh, the all Germans the German love ger- it. They like it because it's really strong. But the Americans that drink it, including the, the set painter guy, yeah. uh, he, they need it watered down um, in order to find it drinkable. Um, so Brenda, shouty, angry, like too much? Too abrasive? What's, like, you know, to me, wh- is she a full character? I love CCH Pounder. Yeah. I have, I don't... This I've, is an unusual performance for her because she's usually so restrained. That's like mm-hmm. how I envision she's often her as uptight positions and very, of authority in yeah. institutional situations. We saw her in a movie earlier on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the Johnny Depp one that you like as the psychiatrist or the yes. somebody in the mental hospital or something. Wasn't she in another one we saw for the I podcast? I don't know. She too? turns up a lot. She does. I think did she have a recurring role in ER, the TV show at some point? I don't know. I've yeah. seen her. She's usually a character actor. She gets a starring role. She gets one of the lead roles in this movie. She's really good, but she's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I still like her. Well, it's interesting because she spends the whole movie pretty much like upset at the German woman and trying to get rid of her in some way or another. So she calls the law on her because um, she has men's clothes in her room and she just doesn't It understand. just doesn't all add up. She yeah. doesn't get it. Why would anyone... Really, one of the things that sticks out in her mind is why would anyone want to stay in this motel? Yeah. Why yeah. would this German woman want to stay in this motel? And then you go in to clean the room and you see like whatever, magic sets and later hosen and mm. men's clothes and all this. <laughs> Something's not on the up and up. We need the sheriff to come and investigate. Yeah. Um, so she's suspicious. And then Yasmin, what is her last name? It's great. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I can look it up. <laughs> Munstetner. Yasmin Munstetner. Yes, that's right. What's the name of the city she's from? It's all we know about her. <laughs> Yasmin Munstetner from, I forget what city. Um, wonderful actress Marianne Sagebrucht in this movie, and I mangled the German I know. Brux. I don't know what else she's been in, but she's like, this is the thing. This is the movie. Um, and she is like, she drops in with the idea of she just kind of starts a new life. Yeah. Here. She doesn't even treat it like she's staying, spending a few nights in. She. Decides to clean up the terrible, cluttered, awful, dusty wreck of a motel office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, she walks into the cafe one day and just starts serving food as if mm-hmm. she's a waitress there. She just starts living a life there. Yeah. And other people are drawn to her and immediately trust her and see her as some kind of force of good coming into the situation. And you've got 
amazing, wonderful Jack Palance. Mm. So he had this period around now where he was in movies like City Slickers and stuff, where oh, yeah. he was suddenly oh, yeah. like this wonderful Jack Palance who did, you know, um, uh, he the famous thing where he did push-ups on the stage at the Oscars, like mm. the year of City Slickers, and he was just had this... Re- New, I mean, he played the heavy in movies and you know westerns yeah. and stuff in the fifties. He's the bad guy in Shane, and um, he's in like one of my favorite Godard movies. He's mm. in Contempt as the terrible American producer who's just so vapid and like let's make this trashy version of the Odyssey by Homer <laughs> with lots of bathing beauties. Um, but he's so good. I love. I've seen him. that much of Contempt. <laughs> yeah. So in this, he what is he wearing? He's wearing some kind of like weird hippie pirate satin things with like kerchiefs and you know so my dad um uh played with a guy for Mm -hmm. a long time that wore like i think it was called like a cherokee wedding shirt or something like that that was similar in in design or something like that so i don't know if that's um well he's got a little twinkle in his eye for yasmin like Mm. he's attracted to her yeah and what this guy he's a painter Yes. So he's going to paint portraits of mm-hmm. Yasmin. So one you in have varying layers of undress. in varying layers. So one sort of recurring element of the story is their portrait sittings, where it starts on with full like she's got the hat. the whole hat on and her German traveling costume, mm-hmm. like what she arrived in. By the end, she's not really wearing much. No. A few weeks or days. Well, or, and how I much think time that she's into it too because she is the one who's like. Letting a uh-huh. few more things yeah. show than than initially were showing in her, in her nightdress. It's a wonderful little offbeat courtship kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> well, and an acknowledgement that yeah. older people can have like yeah. eroticism and like you know what I mean. Like you don't. See well, that it's much. interesting to me that I mean, like, because that relationship develops throughout the course of the movie, mm-hmm. and like Brenda and. And I've forgotten her name again. Yasmin. Yasmin. Like, their friendship doesn't... I mean, like, it doesn't really coalesce until, like, right near when she has to leave at the end of her visa stay. We talked about timing in this movie. Because, you know, a a visa is, like, six months, you know. I think she was at the motel for a long time, you know, when the... Because... I guess Brenda called the the law and he yeah. checked her visa at the time. And he's like, she could stay here. She's fine. She's good. Yeah. Everything's in order. Yeah. Her visa, she's, her visa checks out. Her, she's got her passport. Did she pay? You know, but she. But then at some point, like they're doing, they've started, you know, she's been there a while. <clears throat> they they have a friendship or relationship now. Yeah. Um, And then the guy comes back and says, hey, your visa's up. So I don't know how long has passed, but I don't think it's like, it has to be at least three months. You know, I, I yeah, you it's know. a few months. You yeah. get the sense that it's a few months. Yeah. So yeah, I had tr- a little trouble with, um, the, the shift in their mm. relationship, the, the, Do you the antagonism. The, what was the moment? That's that, what I'm trying to remember. Yeah. And did it have to do with when she cleaned the office and she got angry and then, softened after like changed her mind or i i mean i don't think it was because like she was still i I mean i think she was really mad about the office i wrote this down i mean i wrote very few notes down before we started recording tonight and one of a 
what I wrote down sudden softening of Brenda. What is the turning point for this? Well, and I she don't like, she know that there is like one. She deals with the thing being clean, clear. And then, but she seems like, a, and then, you know, Yasmin developed a relationship with her daughter uh-huh. and then a relationship with her son. Cause she enjoys her music. She becomes one of the family. Yeah. Before she becomes friends with Brenda. Yeah. It's like she becomes one of these colorful characters. I think there's there's a moment where she, Brenda freaks out and says, you know, these aren't your children. Yeah. You know, stop, stop messing with them. Deal with your own. And then Brenda has this, I mean, Yasmin says, you know, I can't have children. I don't have children. Yeah. And I think that's the... the that may well be. This is weird. Though, yeah. We just saw this a few days ago. And I really... It, it's almost on a dime that, mm-hmm. that all of and a sudden And then she Brenda's, apologizes yeah. for that, you know. Um, Maybe that's the moment. Because it's it's it becomes obvious that, you know... <laughs> if anybody knows this movie yeah. and wants to tell us what the moment, what the what the transition is, yeah. I'm not sure. It's Grab kind us on of, Facebook, it's very, yeah. It's very sudden. Yeah, but then all of a sudden they're, and then they develop a, she starts cooking in the restaurant and then they develop a, like a two woman show. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me about this show thing. What is going on here? She's, she's doing that. Ma- so so she had the magic doing magic. Kit. She had yeah. the magic kit in her room. We see one or two scenes of her like looking through the directions and sort of just kind of killing time in her mm. room, like practicing the magic tricks in the yeah. set. And then all of a sudden, the last 15 minutes of the movie, they've got like this like wonderful, amazing little yeah. like show now going yeah. on where they do magic tricks. And, and the it, truckers are talking about it. And they kind of dance around. They've got a little song about the Baghdad Cafe <laughs> yeah. and the show and, you know, with canes that like dance around by themselves. How does this all work for you? What is that about? It just comes out of nowhere. Um, well, I... And you hear about it through the two truckers that are that are talking to each other. There's the show that Brenda's doing at her cafe. So in the beginning of the movie, <laughs> it's literally like a couple of flies in the mm-hmm. restaurant and like Jack Palance and maybe and the the guy behind the counter. Yeah. You know, the and that's it. You know, it's mm-hmm. completely dead. You've got the weird like tattoo artist down the street. But by the end of the movie, <laughs> they've got this like review, this like yeah. show with Brenda and <laughs> It doesn't even seem like anything we've even talked about on the yeah. sh- on the podcast like leads to this like yeah. variety show that they have, and yet it's like really endearing in a weird <laughs> way. Like I like they have this little magic show. Um, it's well, and it really enamors the the truckers on the road from Bikersfield to so Barstow. It, so my point is like it's packed at the end with like by word of mouth, yeah. everybody's like, let's go see the show, Brenda's show, you know, at the the Baghdad Cafe. And uh, it's it's a thing now. Yeah, it draws people from the highway. Well, there's a town relatively close, I guess, because yeah. there, there's one that the the husband drives to. You know what's weird is that husband like is like observing all of this from like a okay. hundred yards away, and every once in a while, like are during we in the, the real movie, world in this movie? Yeah, he like there's <clears throat> like a shot of him like sitting in his car, like presumably close enough where he can observe by binoculars. Yeah. And so, then he just goes, Oh, Brenda. <laughs> yeah. My take on this is they shot like a couple, they shot like an afternoon of like shots of him, like that they were just going to cut into sort of the yeah. beginning of the movie. And at some point they decided, let's just intercut 
shots of the husband like watching with binoculars from across the road throughout the movie. So now in in the timeline of the movie, which takes place over several months, you still just keep cutting to the husband across the highway oh, going, Brenda. what's going on, hmm, girl? You know, Brenda. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. Well, um, it's weird, though, that I just kept thinking, well, maybe something's going <clears> to <throat> happen with that. But he never comes back. This he, is one of those movies. It never gets resolved. <laughs> maybe it doesn't all coalesce. Maybe yeah. it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. We're not in the real world. This mm-hmm. is not a real truck stop. I mean, they filmed it a real truck stop. This is the time doesn't work the right way. The from the beginning of the movie, the camera angles and the way it's edited kind of has this sort of comic book like weird fragmented thing do you remember like all the angles in the beginning mm-hmm. are kind of askew and yeah. off during that argument yeah um it's it's not it, it it's kind of a fable it's yeah. kind of a fairy tale in a way and so the fact that you have this weird like magic show <laughs> variety thing at the end it's actually very endearing and quirky and i like that they did that yeah. i remember the wtf kind of thing of when mm-hmm. i saw it back then but I was looking forward to it this time. Yeah. I mean, I totally forgot about it, but then when they came out and started with the top yeah. hats and everything, I was like, oh yeah, it's like young Frankenstein. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, and I forgot we got off on this when we started talking about <clears throat> timing, but I was initially talking about the relationship between Jack Palance and, and oh, yeah, Jasmine. Yeah. And like at the end, like I guess it's some sort of resolution. He offers to marry her. I think, oh, I, I mean, about that. as... Has sort of a green card kind of thing, but mm-hmm. also as a as a, he's attracted to her and he he wants to be with her. But it's very sweet that yeah. scene where he's trying to work up the nerve yeah. to actually <laughs> say what he's trying to say. But then she says, "I'll ask Brenda," I don't which know. is really weird. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> did she say that? She did. I don't remember that. That's like the last line of the movie. I think oh, okay. is like, "I'll ask Brenda." Like, you know, that that's the primary relationship in her life is that Mm -hmm. relationship between her and Brenda, you know, and I don't know if there's just some sort of like quiet understanding between them and that they are in a partnership together and, and, you know, business wise and life wise and, you know, I don't know. It becomes more symbiotic towards mm-hmm. the end. Um, but I just th- think that that's like kind of an interesting shift because she de- started developing the relationship with the painter guy like but she well ends up, before. She ends know. up as an equal and as a friend with mm-hmm. Brenda. And it's almost yeah. a more of a movie about a female friendship. Yeah. Which is great. Then then that they need to exist in relation to either of the men in their lives. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I would have liked to see if that is the core, that there should have been more there, you yeah. know? There's a lot that's unspoken and, un, you know, undeveloped, I guess, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so how did you take in this movie? Were you like, what is this? When you're watching, can you remember what it was like to watch this movie for the first time? Because I can never watch this movie for the first time again. I don't know if I know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I, there's lots of little quirky movies that I've seen throughout the years yeah. that, you know, remind me of just these quirky female movies that like, I mean, like, and when I say that my dad would have taken me to a movie like this, he totally would have. And I'm thinking of um, 
Nell and um, How to Make an American Quilt. And oh, I saw all of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's another one that I can't think of um, that's another one about a family, uh, female mm-hmm. friendship in a cafe set up in like West Virginia or something like in the coal mines yeah. area somewhere. Also with two females in it. I can't remember what it is. But it reminds me of that, that sort of, and it has that feel of a short story, you know, which yeah, I think probably like a short story too. All of those would have been based on that sort of short story that, mm-hmm. you know, they require there to be some quirkiness and some, you know, some sort of something that brings stuff to a head quickly, you know, mm-hmm. um, there has to be a quick conflict and then, uh, you know, a relatively quick resolution. But it's so. more about the milieu. It's more about the, yeah. the, yeah. the place and the, the people and the, and the, it is a quirky movie about the quirk, about the quirkiness. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And then I don't think we ever mentioned the tattoo artist who, who she she takes she, off when everything's yeah, well, uh, in balance again. It's not clear that she actually does tattoos. <clears throat> yeah, there's an awful <laughs> lot of um, enthusiastic truckers who stop yeah. by to come and get tattoos. So. Yeah, and then and then she, how does she end up going away again? She leaves because things are in too much harmony or something. Oh, that's she right. Has she some needs some like that. Yeah, she's like too harmonious now. <laughs> too much harmony. Isn't, doesn't she say something like yeah. that? When they're like, why are you leaving? <laughs> um, and then the last thing is that I like is, uh, or want to talk about, mention is the music and that song that's throughout yeah. the film, which like, it was kind of a popular song at the time. I don't know if it was nominated for an Oscar or something, but it, it's called Calling You. Mm. And it's got, and it's lyrics about the movie too. It's like a desert road outside Vegas or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's very haunting and lovely, yeah. and I it's part of the whole atmosphere mm-hmm. of, of the movie. I remember it hearing. I remember I had um, when we lived on Seventeenth Street and in the Castro. Um, we had an upstairs neighbor who had the record and used to yeah. play that song from Baghdad Cafe all the yeah. time, which also reminds me. <laughs> that during that time, within a year, uh, within that year, I think that the movie came out right around the corner from me at Market and Noe. They opened a restaurant called Baghdad Cafe. Yeah, you know, interesting. Na- named after the movie that I looked up the other day. Um, they it's closed. It closed, mm. but it just closed a few years ago. So there was a little. We had a Baghdad Cafe <laughs> inspired by the movie Baghdad Cafe. <laughs> Um, in San Francisco around this time, interesting. right around uh, the corner. And I would pass it every day on my way to the bus. Well, you know what I think is interesting about 1987 to roughly like 1994, I want to say, yeah. is this like, it's immediately prior to the internet yeah. and cell phones and yeah. all the technology that we have now. So like it's, sort of the last little bit of the like old time kind of you know you know sleepy movies things, about yeah. uh, I mean nothing <laughs> not that because I think we still have those <clears throat> but like now you know anything that doesn't feature those things is a period piece you know mm-hmm. anything that doesn't have computers and cell phones and you know all of that sort of thing that 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 feels like a period piece but like at in 1987 that was still how the world was like yeah. you didn't even have to consider that it was just you know there were phones and <laughs> and the conversations yeah. you had yeah. with people 
Exactly. And yeah. what it's like to just sit there and stare out at the the desert or, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and, or watch the guy with the boomerang. Well, I don't think there's even a TV in this. Mm-mm. No, we never see a TV yeah. as far as I know. There's, um, is there even a, f- I think she does call the, the I don't police remember that she's them, on the phone. I don't remember them listening to music on a radio. I remember no. the, um, the son playing, playing the, the piano, piano all the time. Yeah. And he's supposed to stop when customers yeah. come in. <laughs> and he gets fed up. Anyway. Um, so, I mean, in my mind, this is like not one of those like, oh my God, you have to see the Seven Samurai kind of, yeah. this is not a landmark of cinema, mm-hmm. but I had enough of a warm feeling for it that to have it pop up on my radar again and just kind of sigh and go, oh, I remember Baghdad Cafe. Oh, that would be fun to watch sometime. Well, you know what? It's Thanksgiving week yeah. and it, I, I've been feeling the need for some lighter movies. I mean, we covered some... Mm-hmm. dark movies we did halloween and don't look now and i have other dark movies on the horizon mm-hmm. we did naked which was the darkest one ever probably and our most and, popular um, <laughs> and our most popular episode thank you for listening um but uh yeah i mean i just like sometimes like to go back and remember that the, the films like this that may not be about a whole lot of anything but they have enough whether it's quirky characters or just throwing a few ideas at the wall to see what sticks Mm-hmm. But there's something you enjoy spending time. It's short. It's 90 minutes. You get to be with these weird people in, in the desert. And uh, I don't know. It still does something, yeah. I guess. So do you have any last last and final thoughts about Baghdad Cafe? You know, I just, I guess another thing that, that lends to the like short story episode yeah. of it is that it's, Sort of once you arrive at the place, they don't go anywhere, you know, and and there's some movies that have that feeling where they're this is the place we're doing this, you know, kind of feel about Uh them. Well, this has this mysterious stranger who arrives, the man who came to dinner, that kind of somebody arrives and Mm -hmm. shakes up the status quo in some way. Yeah. I liked it. Cool. I'm glad you did. Well, I think that's all we have for you guys this week. And so um, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna surprise you because I have um you have something I have mind? a crazy idea for oh. um for our next. I wanted. Oh my god! Uh, so oh, I love Christmas. I, okay. Um, I'll just put that out there. Um, but I there are, and it's my pick next. So I was gonna pick something Christmassy related because. And it's a horror movie. No, no it's not. <laughs> But I was thinking, I don't know if we have enough followers to really do this on Facebook, but maybe putting out like a poll of three movies and the mm-hmm. three movies I'm thinking of. And like, this is like... How, do you know I haven't seen these movies? I know you have chance. not seen these movies. Uh-oh. One is uh, Smoky Mountain Christmas with Dolly Parton. <laughs> okay. Which is like... Listen, well, I will, <laughs> you can vote for that if you want to. I'll put the poll up there. One is Dave has never seen... A Nightmare Before Christmas. No, I've never seen this. Um, which I feel like, I feel mixed ways about because I know that uh, he has issues with Tim Burton. And um, is Johnny Depp involved? I, not that I know of. Okay, then it might be all right. Or, um, and my mom's gonna probably vote for this one. Prancer. Have you seen Prancer? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so these are um, special or meaningful. Or um, important in some way or another to me. Um, 
So I, I actually, I think I'm going to throw it up there and, and see if anyone votes. And if not, then I'll just choose something. Okay. <laughs> well, we have a very special uh, Christmas episode on the horizon, um, sounds like. Yeah. So, okay, weeks. we'll put the poll up. <laughs> and um, just last thoughts, last thoughts, final requests. No, if you like the show, please hit subscribe uh, on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends about us. Come back and see what we're up to next. Follow us on Facebook because you can uh, check in on this poll and uh, vote to see what we'll talk about next. And if you ever want to drop us a line, you can reach us at shutupwatchthis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And um, we will be back with you next time. Thank you. Thank you.